the thing I always coach my teams too is like, look, you can get in customer service, you can get jaded pretty easily because you yeah. are inundated day in and day out, hour after hour with the problems. The fact of the matter is, it's just a small percentage of the goodness that your organization is doing out there. Welcome to Conversations That Matter, a podcast from Unifor. Here, we explore the latest customer experience trends, sales insights, innovations in AI and automation, and more with well-known thought leaders and industry experts. Tune in and join the conversation. Welcome everyone to another podcast. My name is Randy Sar, and you're listening to Conversations That Matter. This is the CX podcast where we dive into an amazing set of topics around customer experience, around leadership, uh, AI and automation, sales insights, uh, and it's really an opportunity for you to join in the conversation. So if you haven't listened to us before, welcome. And if you're a returning visitor, we're glad to have you back. So today we have an amazing guest. Kevin Zaskowski has joined us from Certainly CX, and he has an amazing career of working at JPMorgan Chase, at Fiserv, at Wendy's, Progressive Insurance, leading customer service organizations and working on process improvement and really just uh, helping out the overall customer experience. So Kevin, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Randy. Pleasure to be here. So we've initially met uh, through the CX Accelerator and I was asking people, what is one myth about CX that you'd like to debunk? Can you uh, give us uh, that answer? Because I know we talked about it, uh, but yeah, what is one myth that you just kind of keep on hearing Constantly misunderstood that you want to debunk. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, one myth that I'd love to debunk is the myth that says if you don't have any negative satisfaction results, that customers are happy. Um, I think this is uh, something that I've seen organizations, executives, um, support teams get themselves in trouble with again and again. Um, and it can sneak up on you because, you know, when customers care about your brand, they care enough sometimes to tell you that you stink. And, and that, that is actually a huge opportunity. And, and they are providing you with a, a wealth of information um, in order to improve yourself. But if they really don't care about you, you might and very well likely will not hear anything at all from them and they'll just leave. So I think, you know, that's why for me, that's a huge myth that, that I think needs debunked. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think of like Yelp reviews, <laughs> you know, and, and just people kind of commenting on that. Um, sometimes brands just ignore it. Uh, but you're right. There's times where, you know, I'm just kind of fed up with a brand and I'm not going to kind of, deal with it anymore and I just go to do the competitor. So that's definitely an and issue. That, that's a great point, Randy, is the more competition in your industry, the more dangerous that myth becomes. Yeah. Because yeah, if you have, uh, you know, a situation where you're in an industry where you have customers that are prisoners, then they may, they may negatively, you know, provide negative CSAP because they're, 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 they can't, they don't like a certain a way you do things, way you operate, but they might stick with you. But in the world today where there's so much competition, 
typically you won't hear anything and they'll just be gone. Yeah, totally. Um, so I, I think people who haven't met you before probably want to know, like, why are you on the podcast? Why are you a subject matter uh, expert? Can you tell people a little bit about your background? I know we went over okay. a little bit in the intro, but like, how did you become uh, a CX kind of uh, you know, uh, expert, if you will, or, or someone that people really trusted on delivering great experiences? Sure. I can give you the, the quick, uh, quick and dirty background. Um, I, I, I was lucky. I started my career in IT. So I think yeah. a lot, there's a lot of systems in customer service and in operations in general. So having that background in technology was huge. And then I uh, evolved into consulting at the time for the big six, Ernst & Young, Coopers, really learned uh, their methodology for problem solving, for organization, for documentation, presenting yeah. uh, to clients, um, and, and just really that consultative mindset, uh, which was which was super valuable and has continued to be valuable for 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 my career. Yeah, and then moved into the brand side of operations in in large very well-run organizations. So my first foray into customer service operations was with Progressive Insurance in Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, they ran amazing shops and they still do. So um, huge okay. high levels of employee engagement. Um, they were way ahead of the curve with things like net promoter score, um, yeah. using that to really dive in and save customers and become proactive when they started seeing attributes that looked like those of customers that were canceling, mm -hmm. um, way, way ahead of the curve, took that and moved into, uh, organizations like JP Morgan Chase, where then I got to experience offshore, uh, customer support for the first time. Gotcha. And that also was just really eye opening and tremendous experience that continues to help me in my career as I, as I work with uh, teams offshore and, and nearshore now as well. Um, so, you know, taking those big organizations, the structure and the ability to learn in those big organizations was tremendous. And then I moved into the world of startups and it was a completely different, completely different world. Yeah. But yeah, that, yeah, I'm sure very, you know, the infrastructure in a large organization was something that the startups really needed. And yeah, no, that, that's definitely helpful. I mean, I've seen and even myself that, that progression from taking those lessons learned, right? From the, the big startups and bringing them down. So the yeah. process workflow is, is helpful. So it can be scalable and repeatable, right? Exactly. And, but, and what was so, was so awesome for me was, to have experienced uh, how difficult it was to make change in those large organizations and then to get moved into this world of startups where it was much, much easier. The yeah. bureaucracy was much, much less. But then also it was a, it was a time when uh, call center operations tools were transitioning. So they were transitioning to cloud-based tools. And oh, okay. That's time on prem to I happened to hit that right as that turn was changing, moving yeah. right into those type of organizations that were grabbing onto those tools and using them. 
And that was, that was a real, you know, real lucky break for me in my career to be able to experience tools like Zendesk and Forges and, you know, right at their infancy and, yeah. and, and also have the background to know, holy cow, we can, we can change this IBR by ourselves in two minutes. That, <laughs> that's something that should take a month. Um, so having that perspective, I think is also just been a lot of fun and valuable. Yeah. I, what you just said, the, that timing is like, you think about it 20, 30 years ago where implementations of, you know, CRM software, it wasn't even like people, people soft would like be a year plus project. <laughs> so, you know, cl- cloud-based systems definitely allow for a lot more iterative, uh, soft, you know, updates and. That's uh, we can push out uh, software updates and, and features. So that's definitely interesting to kind of look back at that. Yeah. Um, no, thanks for sharing that. That's kind of good. Kind of sets the stage. People have a better understanding of who you are and kind of how you came came about and where you are. Uh, any particular mentor uh, growing up uh, that kind of taught you uh, some of the uh, you know CX nuggets of wisdom? Uh, growing up. <laughs> I mean, I think one, you know, one thing, uh, I mean, uh, you know, I, I've had a lot of mentors, but I mean, off the top, off the top of my head, I remember my dad telling me it was a bit of, uh, um, superhero esque, uh, knowledge, but you know, he, he basically always imparted in me that if you can help and where you can help, you should, you should, you should do your best to help. And that, you know, there will be people who aren't able to do the things that you can do. And in those cases, you know, it's, it's, it's beholden of you to, to do your best to help them. And I think that's a great model. That type of, uh, that, has really guided me in customer service because ultimately that's what we're doing in customer service. We're helping those people that can't help themselves in that particular situation. Yeah. And so if you approach it from that mindset, it, um, you know, it really helps. One of the things I always tell my agents when working directly with them is, you know, what if your mom, what if your mom had this issue? What if she was the one on the phone? What if it was your grandmother? How would, what would you do then to alleviate the situation? And it just, it, it gets them into that mindset. Like, okay, this, this is truly a responsibility I have in this role yeah. and, and, and what That's can you do to make it work? Uh, we had on the podcast, uh, a while back, uh, Jean bliss. And she always said, what would your mother do? Uh, and, and I actually bring that up with, with everything related to kind of PR and comms to customer service. Uh, it's such a great thing, way to kind of go back and like, wait a minute, that's not how I would talk or we got to approach this a different way. <laughs> yeah. So good stuff. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so one of the things, um, you, you know, you're, in terms of you leading organizations and kind of focusing on, on customer service and customer experience, you know, you've dealt with executives in terms of getting buy-in. What is one tip that you have for our community that are CX leaders or contact center leaders that would, um, that are trying to get executive buy-in on a particular initiative. Sure. So, you know, first I'll start 
Randy, with the things you sh- you should not do that I always <laughs> hear, always hear people doing, which is saying, "Hey, we heard this is happening." Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> you've heard a lot is happening, but the first thing the executive is going to ask, as they should, is how often is it happening? What's okay. the frequency? What's the severity? So, you know, that's my advice: is you you have to know your numbers. Um, before approaching an executive with something that you want to be prioritized. How often is this happening? Uh, what's the severity? And, and really when they're asking what the severity is, it's how much is this costing us or how much, how much revenue are we losing or how much incremental costs are we incurring because of this situation? And if you know those, you will get your thing prioritized. And then secondly, um, so, it's knowing your numbers. And then the second thing is, is using your voice of customer very smartly. So, okay. Tell us more. So if, if you have the ability or someone on your team to create, I would say pretty gets attention. Um, so if, if you have someone who can create beautiful decks for you or presentations for you with okay. very simple messages, and I'm, I'm, you know, I always love the, the bubble cartoon mask coming out of an emoji type customer <laughs> character that is showing in the journey what is happening and or what, what did happen with quotes around it. And then a little, you know, name, Kevin, and then you don't give the last name, but just Z to bring that personal uh, flavor to the feedback yeah. is huge. Um, you know, one thing I did with a VOC at Progressive was we had a, a full feedback loop and the, the cool. service team was calling back everyone who was the tractor at the time and trying to understand, you know, why they, why they were a detractor, why they felt that way. And, and if there was anything we could do to fix it, um, okay. what we ended up doing in order to get prioritization with IT and with other groups in order to fix those those issues that were frequently making people into detractors was we had the we would um, distribute calls to executives in each functional area for them to make the calls every month and we got buy-in from the top um, for them to do this and it completely changed the game oh, interesting. one call with a customer, explaining to them the runaround that they had to go through or, or the disaster that happened was all it took. And then it was like, we have to fix this immediately. I'm not going to hear another customer have to go through this. So making it personal is huge. Um, you might not always have that opportunity, but if you can, if you can, you know, have your numbers ready, severity, frequency, and then also just bring color to the situation with either good presentation. Um, and I would say the other thing is, is keep it simple. Don't pre-prioritize. So, you know, before you bring a list of 12 things to your executives, prioritize in your own organization, what are those top three? And then consistently hit those. Every time you're in front of those executives, great advice. make sure you're repeating the same message and it'll happen. Oh, that's awesome advice. I mean, um, 
knowing your numbers uh, is something that uh, I've heard from like Shark Tank, <laughs> Kevin O'Leary. Uh, we were doing we were doing an internal uh, a, a pitch, you know, Shark Tank session with some salespeople at a sales conference uh, last year, and we we uh, hit up uh, Kevin O'Leary on, on Cameo. Well, nice. and that was one of the things he gave us three tips and that was one of them where like you got to know your numbers if you don't know your numbers he essentially said you're dead to me <laughs> so, <laughs> it's probably a little harsh but that's kevin o'leary yeah uh, but it's, it's, it's those tips are, are great so well, thank you true. for sharing that you, yeah you can't yeah you can't just say we heard this because yeah you hear everything oh, real the thing i always coach my teams too is like look you can get in customer service, you can get jaded pretty easily because you yeah. are inundated day in and day out, hour after hour with problems. The fact of the matter is, it's just a small percentage of the goodness that your organization is doing out there. At least it should be a small percentage. So you got to keep yeah. that in mind too, which is why if there is a problem, you got to know how, you know, how, how frequent is it actually happening? Yeah, definitely. All right, uh, let's get into the technology side. Uh, you've, as you've mentioned, implemented several different types of technologies over the years. Um, and what is one tip that you they, that people listening in can leverage when they're trying to implement technology like AI uh, into the enterprise? Yeah, with AI or any technology in particular, I think um, what... The leadership or the the decision makers are going to want to know is what what's the ROI? Um, you know, how long it, how long are we going to have to wait until we receive it? Until we break even on the cost of implementation? How long is the implementation going to be? And and what are the alternatives? Uh, and I, I think that's that's the key. But the number one for something like AI is is. You know, how, what's the return going to be on this? What's the upfront cost to implement? And then how quickly am I going to get uh, my, my return on it? Yeah. Why, is, why is it going to make us better? That is true. What is the value, right? right. So the value is super key. All right, those are some good tips. Uh, if you guys have any other questions uh, for Kevin or for us on that particular uh, thing around technology implementation and integration around the ROI of AI and automation, hit us up at, at Unifor on Twitter, or you can email us at podcast at Unifor.com. We'll make sure to, to get you guys the answers that you need. All right. Uh, and then our last question before we get to rapid fire, uh, and this is kind of a rapid fire question, but it can, it'll expand a little. What was your most memorable conversation that you've had with a brand? So most memorable, positive or negative? Um, you know, and I think if we talk about negative, you know, how could it have been done differently? Um, this is a tough one. <laughs> and it, and it, you gotta think back. Um, no, you gotta think back. I, I, I know there's, you know, you know, how often do you make calls to customer service or the calls or, you know, uh, chats or however you, you connect with the brand. Um, but yeah, I'd be curious, uh, if, if something comes to mind. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I, you know, it's a pretty, it's a pretty common, I think, uh, situation, but 
recently had a situation with Hubble contacts and uh, I needed a, I needed a return and, you know, it was just a very easy situation. I, I called them and they, you know, they were, first of all, they were there and it's past, they had, they had good operating hours. I was able to get a hold of someone immediately. I did not wait, wait in any type of uh, on hold or in queue situation that picked up right away. That's great. That was nice. And then it was just a very clean, no hassle, sent me my return label. I put it in the mail. I was, I didn't, what I liked was I didn't have to wait until uh, my return got back to them. They reached, yeah. they started the refund process immediately. And then they also sent me a, a new product uh, immediately. So all of that happened within five minutes. Um, and, you know, I just, I appreciated the easiness of it. It was, was, it was a pretty ordinary return and exchange uh, scenario, but it was, it was clean and it was easy. And the agent was very, very kind and polite. And she just did all the basics spot on yeah. and it was, it was good. That's awesome. I mean, it's, it's what you expect, right? So there's a certain level of, of experience that you're looking for and, and you, they nailed it. So that's, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. yeah, they did. They did. It was good. I was, uh, I just upgraded to the, to the iPhone, uh, whatever number we're at now for 14. Um, and I upgraded through AT&T and I was a little hesitant, but I went through with it and it was the best experience that I've had wow. in terms of getting the, which is surprising, right? Uh, but what they did is that, so we ordered online. I scheduled a time where they could actually come to my house and hand deliver the phone. Wow. And yeah, I, I was surprised. And they would stay, they stayed there to help me, um, you know, download all my data from my other phone and then put it on the new phone. So it was like v VIP service. Like I've never seen before. That's uh, incredible. Which was amazing. I mean, I, I usually in the past I've gone to the Apple store, but right. the, this was like, just, it was, it was phenomenal. Um, and then the return process, they were going to offer me like 800 bucks for my old uh, iPhone X. I, I still don't believe it, but but they but it happened. They um they they sent us in the mail, you know, one of those um, self addressed um, kind of little boxes. Put the phone in. They told you how to erase all the all the info. Put it in. Like a week later, got a mail saying it's been credited to your account, and it was all done. So that's awesome. So when they came to your house, I mean, were they were they also trying to like sell Uverse or anything, or was it just you know? So it happened twice. So I, my my wife got it, and then I got it. And on my turn, the lady was very uh, gracious and empathetic, and you know, had kids running around. And it was like wow. one of those moments. And but she got it, and she, and she, um, you know, we we got the phone, and it was, that was great. The next person that came, as he was coming he called beforehand like hey i'm coming uh, i'll see you in about a half hour and he starts selling me uverse <laughs> and uh, i forgot what else it was and i'm like what <laughs> well that that makes but, sense I mean, I mean but he's doing his job and i totally yeah. get it you, you know he's got a, probably a list of things that he needs to do huh. um, but when he came here he was totally fine and, and he, he didn't he didn't push or anything like that so 
it just it was different, you know, versus going to the store where you know working at home and you got yeah. ten thousand things to do and multitasking. And so I'm a it was a, it was a great experience. I'm a T-Mobile customer and and I would say a, a fan. Um, yeah. Recently, I, I got a uh, an Apple Watch through them for my son, and I went to the store to to get it. And I will say uh, it was a it was a very good cross selling uh, effort by by the young. You could do it right, yeah. Yeah, by the associate at the T Mobile store. First of all, like they were moving, they moved, they had a line, they were moving through the line, which I was so appreciative of because um, yeah. there's been times when I felt like I've I've been in other lines forever waiting for for customer service, but they were they were moving through, getting people serviced. Uh, but then they had that new tower, like home tower where you're hooked up to the 5G network for your uh, own yeah. internet. And, you know, he was so passionately, while he was helping <laughs> everyone else, he was basically selling it to everyone in the store because he went on a camping trip that weekend and he, and he was bragging, uh, boasting. He had about firsthand how, experience. Yeah. yeah, about how he provided internet service for, for all the kids that camped <laughs> <That's> <laughs> who should have been doing camping things. But yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> he had this T-Mobile tower there, everyone could surf the internet just as if uh, they were in their bedrooms at home. He was the hero of the camping trip. He was the um, hero of the camping trip for keeping everyone safe and, and <laughs> snug in their tents on their on their on their iPhones instead of instead of <laughs> doing whatever else they could. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty funny, but it was it was uh, yeah. effective. Yeah, I bet that's, that's a great story. All right, uh, let's get on to the uh, rapid fire questions sure. just to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, here's our first one. Uh, what is one person that you would want to talk to if you were to call a customer service line or a contact center uh, that was a celebrity or musician or you know actor, and that person would like ease your pain, could solve your problem, it would would you know be in and out within record time. Who would that celebrity be? Mm. Celebrity. Um, and we've had we've had a few different ones. We've had everyone from Kevin Hart to uh, I think we've had uh, so, someone mention the Beatles. <laughs> uh, so there's been a, quite a few, a wide range of, uh, of people. Yeah, I think you know a couple. I mean, one. I don't know if I would if he might if he would be a celebrity considered a celebrity or not. But uh, I mean, I would love to call Jeff Bezos if I ever had an Amazon issue um i would love awesome. i would love to call phil knight phil knight would probably be even cooler if i if i ever blew out a pair of nike nikes <laughs> um and and had a, a customer service issue i would love to just hear what i would expect to be just an incredible amount of passion still for a brand that he created some 40 50 years ago yeah. um i love that those are yeah. good those are good yeah. All right. Uh, next thing, what is one thing not on your LinkedIn profile? One thing not on my LinkedIn profile, I have, you know, I have an amazing family and four kids, um, two girls, two boys um, oh, that, that uh, I get to spend a lot of quality time with. So that's definitely not on my LinkedIn profile. 
<laughs> All right. What's uh, one thing you wish you had known uh, previously in your career or maybe when you first started? I wish I knew how important learning how to sell is. Um, okay. I, I had I had opportunities early in my you know very like coming out of school to to yeah. sell various products and I sh- I shied away from them because it wasn't you know it was risky. Um, yeah. They were commission based sales jobs and now I wish I had I had taken those and learned how to sell uh, immediately coming out of school. Instead of learning how, how later on in, in my career. Yeah. Uh, what's the one thing you love about your job? I love some, helping people solve uh, problems and helping them improve other operations. I, and I love, you know, getting to work. I, I really love also helping organizations build and provide more jobs for people. That's something I've been become really passionate about is creating yeah. good jobs for people. And as I get to work with, uh, folks in other parts of the world, I really enjoy that too. And just how important customer service jobs can be for people in, in countries like the Philippines or even closer, yeah. um, in, in central and South America. These are, these are really good jobs for people. And it's, sure. it's fun to see how much of a, a profession, uh, customer service, being a customer service associate is in, in other parts of the world. That's a life changer for for a lot of people. Absolutely. I mean, it, it truly is. Um, and they're treated like royalty. So and yeah. as they should be yeah. super yeah. agents, right? Uh, yeah. We treat them as superstars. Uh, all right. Well, uh, cool, man. Well, thank you so much for uh, yeah, sharing you, your, your time with us today. This is a lot of fun. I got to know you a little bit better and kind of uh, some great advice that you shared in terms of technology implementation, in terms of CX, uh, you know, executive CX uh, buy-in uh, tips. So that was super, super helpful. Um, and before we uh, kind of close out, I wanted to give you the airwaves. Uh, how can people reach you and find out uh, more about what you do? So... Uh, the easiest way to reach me is LinkedIn messaging and, or send me an email at Kevin at certainly CX.com. Uh, either, either of those, I will get back to you very quickly. Um, first, you know, I'm a big believer in, uh, a very fast first response time. So <laughs> I try to adhere to that myself. All right. If anybody's listening, you better start your, your, uh, your, uh, your clock, make sure to see how fast he responds back. Uh, I'm not a my, my teams, but I'm pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All good, man. Well, thank you again. I right. appreciate it. All right. All right. Take uh, care. And thank you everyone uh, for listening in to this uh, podcast. This is another episode of conversations that matter. And we want to hear from you who we should be talking to. Is there a CX leader in your organization is there a, uh, a leader that is really focusing on emotional intelligence and, and, and powering that on, on, his, on his or her team? Uh, or is there an AI or automation technologist that you think could provide some great advice to all of us in the community? Let us know. Email us at podcast at unifor.com. And as always, you can find us on unifor.com or on your favorite podcast directory. Make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite uh, podcast directory. My favorite is Spotify. So head on over there and subscribe to that. And have a great day. We'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode of Conversations That Matter. Subscribe to our podcast for more great content. And if you want to learn more about the topic we discussed, visit unifor.com today.